So we may already be feeling um, the change, right? The transition. Uh, this meditation may have felt different to this morning's. Yeah? Maybe not, maybe yes, maybe in different ways. And can be really um, significant to keep bringing that interest and that kindness. Yeah? As we meet this change, as we meet the transition, as we experience uh, what happens when conditions change. And uh, before I continue, just the reminder, let me know if you can't hear. Yeah. Also feel free, of course, to move closer. There's a front row seat right there. <laughs> There's a whole area here. Yeah. And there. This whole thing was just an excuse to get you to come closer. And if you noticed in that indoor hall, there was a big space in front of us. Anyway. So we're continuing with the changing of conditions, with the transition uh, through this morning, yeah, and actually through the day today. Uh, up until lunch or the end of lunch, we'll be doing it together. Yeah, and then as conditions continue to change, might be traveling with a few people onwards for a particular amount of time, and then we find ourselves in um, maybe situations which are more familiar to us. Yeah. Our home, our friends, our family. Doesn't like my uh, finger. I don't think it's got mine at all. Yeah. So we're moving through different conditions, and particularly, you know, we've had here on the retreat conditions that have been very supportive, yeah, to calm, to sensitivity, yeah, to presence, to mindfulness and awareness. It'd be helpful to just reflect on that, to feel that. That's what the retreat conditions are good for. And we may think, you know, you may be thinking right now as I'm saying this, you think, oh no, it didn't work on me. I didn't get more calm. My mind is calm proof. Yeah, it just keeps being restless and agitated. Yeah. But as conditions change, we may be surprised to see actually, yeah, Something was different here. So as conditions change, staying interested, staying kind, yeah? and seeing both what we can learn from that transition, how we can support ourselves through that, yeah? and how we can perhaps reflect on our experience, use our insights, yeah? so that there's a continuity rather than a sense of something ending. Yeah. And so uh, one of our um, favorite teachers, Tanisaro Bhikkhu, he says, the best way to come out of meditation is not to come out all the way. Yeah. So when the bell rings at the end of a meditation session, yeah, instead of, okay, that's done, 
and now I completely change my attitude, yeah, my way of being, and I start doing something else, yeah, I have a sense of ah, not coming out all the way. What can I take? What are the threads that can come with me? And the same thing applies to a retreat. Yeah? Not come out all the way. See the changing conditions as a continuing opportunity. Yeah. To cultivate, as Nathan was saying last night, yeah? to cultivate what matters to us, to cultivate what we feel the world needs, we need, yeah, those that we love need, on all those levels. So it can be really helpful through today and probably the next few days, um, just like I said this morning with the speaking, to go slow, yeah, go slower than you think you can. And if you're a visual imagery person like me, um, I'm sure you have these traffic signs in Finnish as well that say go slow, but in Finnish you have those when you're approaching a school or a, yes, yeah. So imagine one of those in your mind, but like, you know, color it nicely. <laughs> whatever friendly, heartwarming colors that, that work for you. And just that reminder, go slow. Yeah. The momentum to go faster will come in. That's part of our strong habits. If we slow down, yeah, and we can do that internally, yeah. even if externally we need to do more. Yeah. Having that, even as a question, a practice question, can I go slower? Or what would support going more slowly? So going slowly and savoring your experience. We often use this uh, metaphor. Um, you know, and I, you've got a lot of this in Finland, really good dark chocolate. Yeah. So with really good quality dark chocolate, you don't just kind of grab a whole huge chunk and chew on it. Well, you can, but the way to really enjoy it is to take a piece and put it in your mouth and let it melt yeah? and savor it. Yeah? Savor it, enjoy it, appreciate it, get close to it, yeah? gone, become familiar with it. The same way with our experience, savor the transition Savor the change, savor the beautiful qualities that you've developed yeah. during this week. Yeah. All the energy that you've put in and savor the fruits. Some of them will be quite apparent today. Yeah. And as we do that, we can reflect. Yeah. What is it that I have cultivated? What would I like to continue to cultivate? What would I like to continue to cultivate? And also, what about the conditions of this retreat was supportive for me? Now, this is also a very helpful um, contemplation to have today in your day. What was helpful? Just some suggestions. Nature, community, yeah. some really good cooks. You can check, maybe they'll come home with you. Yeah. we can reflect what was supportive and how can that continue to be a support how can I completely how can I continue to weave it into my 
life. And so looking at, you know, the silent meditation, the different postures, how were they alive for me? Yeah. The silence. That emphasis on how am I looking at experience right now and what else is possible? Looking at these different elements, contemplating them, seeing what of these would I like to take on and how do I do that? Maybe just one or two things that we choose. And so as we move through the day, yeah, we can have this as a contemplation. Uh, I would really recommend at some point taking some time with yourself and writing some of these things down. Yeah? Yeah, what was helpful in the retreat environment? What's my intention going forward? What would, I, what would support me yeah. with that? And we'll talk a, more about that in a moment. Um, But as we move, we will be in interaction with other people. They may move faster than us. They may speak much faster than us and do things more quickly. We may be meeting friends or family later today. If you've missed someone and you're going to see them, just make an intention to be mindful in that moment of meeting. Sometimes we really miss out on that. I remember one of the beautiful teachings for me was I was teaching a retreat and someone was on that retreat and it was the first time that he'd been apart from his, uh, I think his daughter was two or three years old, the first time he'd been apart from her for such a long time. And he was through the whole retreat, he was missing her and working with that. And on the last day he said, you know, I've, I've made a commitment. When I walk through the door, and I see my daughter, I'm going to be really mindful. I'm going to be really present for that moment. Such a beautiful teaching. So whatever or whoever, yeah, might be a thing that we miss, a being that we miss, just being aware, you know, when we make contact, yeah, come home, yeah, see our plants or our pets or our loved ones, meet our friends, yeah, and we make that intention to be present, yeah. to be there, and to savor, to enjoy yeah. those moments. Also to have appreciation. You know, for many of us others at home, at work, they've carried a lot of the responsibilities yeah. so that we can be here. Yeah. So also having that in mind so that we can maybe bring that appreciation forth. It may be that we voice it, it may be that we just express it in how we are. We are willing to listen, being interested in the other. Often we come off retreat and we have a lot of insight, a lot of experience that we want to share. And it can be helpful to just be sensitive. Is it the right time for the other person? Is that what they want to hear now? Maybe they want to tell us how their week has been. Yeah. Is that maybe the more appropriate thing to, to offer? Yeah. It's a real opportunity to explore our practice in speaking. Yeah, we'll have another couple of opportunities to do that here together yeah, with like-minded people. We'll have a tea break and then we'll have the lunch. 
the two more opportunities to explore the practice of speaking. Yeah. But that is ongoing for us yeah, over the next hours, the next days, for the rest of our lives. Yeah. Can we emphasize the quality of listening? Can we bring um, that sense of listening to another? And the Buddha had many suggestions for wise and appropriate and helpful speech. Um, I'll just offer two of them. You know, when we see ourselves about to say something or we kind of plan to express something to another, can we just check? Is this true? And is this useful? It's a beautiful teaching. Is this true? And is this useful? So I find it really helpful when I get annoyed <laughs> with someone, you know, and I find myself say, wanting to say to Nathan, you always do this, you know, and it's just that thing of like, is that true? Of course it's not. <laughs> no one always says something. Yeah. Of course it's not. Yeah. And equally, something may be true, but is it useful? Is the other person ready to hear it? Is it the right time? Is it the right place? Is it the right situation? So just have this gentle questioning, gentle interest, and particularly today. And the last thing uh, to say about the transition before I pass on to Nathan, who probably will pick up more things to say on that and, and other aspects of our kind of ongoing journey. Um, is that digital detox that we've been experiencing. Yeah. So I was joking with the managers uh, yesterday, I said to them, usually people uh, have more aversion towards their phones at the end of the retreat than desire. Yeah, there's a kind of a sense of like, no, I don't want to go anywhere near that. Um, but, you know, you will have to be reunited with that and taking care of yourself and your sensitivity. Yeah. So you will be reunited with your phone, you may need to turn it on. Yeah. Having clarity of intention when you do, why am I doing this? Yeah. What's, the, what's the intention? Can I honor that? Yeah. So I may need you know, to set a navigation app <laughs> and then all my WhatsApp messages will flood in. Yeah. So can I make that clear intention? Yeah. Maybe I turn off those notifications in the settings if I can, or I just say I'm not going to look at them now. Yeah. Maybe I need to go into my emails, but I know why. I'm looking for that piece of information, but I'm not going to read all of them today. Yeah. So really, you know, remembering the sensitivity that you've cultivated is a precious resource for yourself and the world. And according to the circumstances that you're in, taking care, yeah? bringing that kindness, that compassion, and that interest into how you re-engage um, with, with, with the phones or if you get home, you know, obviously with a computer. And you eat in different circumstances, you know your circumstances, you know what you need to do. Just take a moment or a few moments before to set the clarity of intention. What do I need to do how do I support myself to stay steady with that? Yeah. And sometimes we even suggest before you turn on the phone or before you turn on the internet on your phone, <laughs> set a timer. Yeah. 
that will go off in however long you think you need, three minutes, five minutes, 10 minutes, and that will be a reminder. Oh yeah, I've done what I've, I've done what I've come to do. Yeah, I can put it down now. Yeah. I think that's it from me at this point. So I think those are some really useful things to bear in mind with the transition today and over the days. And I just want to offer a few ideas for developing you know, a daily practice. So we speak about a daily practice that could be like a, a mini retreat each morning, maybe 45 minutes, an hour, half an hour, whatever we feel we can fit in. And then I'd like to speak a little bit about um, practicing more in our daily life, you know, kind of awakening in the other activities that we do. Yeah. So maybe the first thing to say, uh, let's say like we have this little silence, stillness practice or a walking practice, taking what the practices that we liked from here yeah, and including them in our daily life in a little package, maybe first thing in the morning, maybe in the evening, finding the right time for yourself. But what I want to say is it's going to be different than being on retreat. Yeah? So don't be disappointed if you've decided, you know, I really like being on retreat. I like those experiences. I'm going to have that every day before breakfast um, because that's just fantastic. They'll set me up and then I, it's going to be different. This is a conditioned experience. Yeah? It's conditioned by being around these beings. It's conditioned by being here for this kind of duration. It's even conditioned by you know, the structure of this retreat. It's conditioned by people cooking for us and other people washing up for us, or us washing up for other people, you know. This whole community living, it's going to be different. It's going to be different. So it's still going to be worthwhile to have a daily practice, you know, a mini retreat moment in each day. Just bearing in mind, yeah, meditation is not defined by what we do on the retreat, yeah. I think meditation is defined by being intentional, bringing that attention into being when we're in that activity and reflecting, tuning into, you know, what it, what it becomes. And as I said, that's something really helpful to view about doing about this retreat as well. The intention that we came to develop here, that we stayed, that we remained, you know, and then taking that time to reflect in this moment, what have I cultivated? What have I supported? So, a couple of tips that are helpful. If you want to start developing having a meditation practice, a few of these were just stealing from the retreat really. Have a spot that's already set up, yeah? And maybe you walk past it, it's like, oh yeah, that's my meditation spot. So I'm on my way to the kitchen and back. And then when it's time for us to do the meditation, we can roll out of bed, have a little stretch, brush our teeth, whatever we like to do first. And then there's the spot, it's ready to go, Bloom. My daily tuning in time, yeah? Can be helpful to have a regular or um, a regular time or you know, a few regular times that are helpful for us uh, to do our practice and picking ones that are gonna work for you, yeah? So I, I'm a strong believer in doing the easiest <laughs> first, yeah? And then once you've done the easy one, if it turns out you want to do the more difficult times, we can add that in, yeah? 
but the easy one and sustaining it over time. Yeah. If our timetable changes, then maybe, you know, we have some flexibility there. It's like at weekends, I can practice at this time on the days, you know, I can practice this time. You'll see how to make it work for yourself. So we talked about setting an intention before we practice. Now, we could say it's helpful to do that in each um, session, but can be helpful actually to have a sense of continuity of intention over maybe a week or maybe over a month. You know, this is actually what I'm developing. And so it takes out a lot of the kind of the thinking is like, you know, I really want to develop my meta practice. That was really, you know, something that was working for me on the retreat. So I'm going to make sure that, you know, I'm going to include meta practice in every sitting or the, you know, the basis of the sitting is the meta practice, whatever it is that we want to do. And then we can really get into that, which also means we can go and listen to talks or guided meditations, yeah, which are kind of developing that quality. It's almost like it becomes a bit of a project. Yeah? And sometimes that's a bit more interesting than you know, every day I have to sit and just be there with my experience. And it may not feel like I'm really kind of growing, cultivating, getting better, developing a skill. So we can take some of those things from... Uh, from other skill buildings, yeah? Which means there's an importance to discipline. There is an importance to discipline and, and it may feel really harsh to, to discipline ourselves, yeah? But we can do it with a lot of love. And over time, that discipline, yeah, this is, I've got to sit before I have my breakfast, you know? Or however we treat it like that, yeah? It can feel harsh, but we can also feel, oh, actually, that is a good thing to do. And over time, it might be, you know, it's more like I have to remind myself, you must eat breakfast after you've meditated. You know, it's kind of flipped around in its priority. I really actually enjoy the meditation, but I must make sure I do leave enough time so I can eat breakfast before I have to get out of the house. Yeah. So the discipline can build into a, a kind of a dedication. So like, oh, this is what I'm dedicated to. And that dedication over time can actually lead into something we might call like a, de a devotion, a love. You know how sometimes you can get some, it's like, oh, I didn't brush my teeth. And you feel like something's missing. It can be the same way with a, with a daily practice. So I haven't actually cleared out my heart and mind. I haven't really lingered in my intentionality today. So a few things we can use um, that kind of additional helps. We can actually, there's, there's quite a lot of apps you can use that support meditation. You know, they have timers on them and things like this. Um, there's also ones which actually give you a sense of the community that are also meditating with you. Yeah, so that can be an additional kind of thing. Hey, I'm not alone meditating. It's important to have that sense. Other ones will give you a star, you know, if you do, I don't know, one day or three days in a row. And you might think, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not affected by that. Many people are, you know, many, <laughs> surprisingly, it's like, oh, I got a star from the app doesn't really mean anything but we can pretend it means something or we do pretend it means something and it encourages us to continue and kind of get 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 along get through that development uh, another variety of applications can actually kind of spontaneously ring out a mindfulness bell yeah ping. it's like what's that oh be mindful that's a good idea 
And what we'll notice about being mindful, it's easy to be mindful. It's actually really easy. Right now, just become aware of what's going on. Yeah? Notice what you notice. How's the body? How's the heart? How's the mind? It only takes a moment to do. But we have to remember to remember. Yeah? Have to remember that. So we, a good little reminder set up from an external source. You know, hey, what's going on? Ping! So, oh yeah, I'm like this. Actually, I'm really tense. So we're saying mindfulness meaning, you know, to remember the sense of possibilities. So we check in, we tune in, and we just take a moment. Maybe, oof, I'm really holding something very, very tightly that maybe I could hold more lightly. Yeah. So just remembering that that's always in the realm of possibilities for us. Or maybe we've set an intention for the day, like we were sharing, you know, it's like we have intentions for meditation, we can have an intention for this day. And when that mindfulness bell goes off, it's reminding us to come back. And am I expressing my intention right now? Yeah. Easy to forget our intentions, easy to go back to what we might call the default settings. Yeah. And a lot of those default settings can be the hindrances. Yeah. Some greediness, some aversion expressing, some restlessness, some tiredness, some boredom, all of those things, they can crop up for us. Some doubt in myself that I could be another way, yeah. or that there is anything that I can do. So the mindfulness bell can be a way also of becoming present to what's going on. And I just want to unpack a little bit a practice that I mentioned that I find really helpful to do. There's two ways of doing it. One is, you know, noticing in that moment, ah, oh, there's this hindrance here. Another way of doing it is like a reflective exercise at night. And so you can have a little book, it's like a journal. I write inside the front cover a list of the hindrances. I've written another list, which are these qualities called the paramis, beautiful qualities like generosity, praise, uh, patience, truthfulness, being gathered, in well-being, all of those kind of lovely qualities. And you can get these lists online easily. If you can't find them, just write to me. Another list I use is actually called the awakening factors, to be mindful, to investigate our experience, to bring metta, all of these uh, lovely qualities that we can, we can bring in. And then the exercise is, the reflective exercise in the evening is, what was really dominant today from the hindrances? And there's usually one that was kind of really quite pronounced. There's a lot of greediness, you know. I had three servings of dessert, you know, whatever it is, you know. Or I had a lot of craving. I did a lot of shopping or a lot of researching about that, you know. So whatever it is, okay. So that's what was there. No judgment, really, yeah. Using the kind of mindfulness-based stress reduction uh, sense, you know. Paying attention in a non-judgmental way. Oh, there was this hindrance really skillful approach yeah the second question though is what did you do about it what did i do about it there was greediness hopefully the mindfulness bell went off i spotted it in that moment what did you do i released tension i closed the browsing window i bought it anyway you know what did you do what did you do just as a reflection there and so the list of these paramis, 
these beautiful qualities we can really raise up to incredible levels, or these awakening factors, can be antidotes, can be alternative approaches to bring in at those times. So this becomes this kind of reflective practice. When a hindrance comes, first thing, don't, don't identify with it. It will really want you to identify with it, you know? Almost as if it has a personality on its own. It's like, come on, you are greedy. You've always been greedy. Greed is good. It's good. This is where happiness comes, you know. It's like, yeah, I am really greedy. It's true. So don't identify with it. It's a universal pattern of, of human existence. Really important point. The second point to remember is it's a distorted lens that's showing me reality. Yeah, it's filtering experience, yeah? And it's shaping how I feel, you know? How all kind of news is to some degree biased one way or another. The hindrances present a very biased view of the world, right? So what do we need to remember? Don't believe it, don't believe it. It's not personal, don't believe it. And the third thing is there's always something we can do. There's always something we can do. So. With that in mind, the question then is, so what did we do? And if the answer is always nothing, or nothing, oh, I just indulged in it, or I just followed it, I, and I really, you know, I was having a lot of aversiveness, and then I just, you know, flow on from there. Then, yeah, we're not quite doing the practice that way. So that's a nice way of practicing if you want to have something kind of additional in, in, the, in the life. So just two more little things. When we want to be sustaining our practice, it's really good to have a sense of Sangha. It's really good to have a sense of community. Really good to have a sense of community. So the Sangha, like-minded people, coming together with them to do things together. And we'll speak a little bit more in a moment about the resources that are here with Naroda to tune into. But there's two things I want to mention. One is do that, yeah? join with other people. And the second is, if we can't at any time, don't believe the voice that says, oh, it's so hard to practice on my own. So hard to practice on my own. And the bit I don't want you to believe about that is that you could ever be practicing on your own. I think the chances nowadays of being the only person meditating in the world are so, so low, really almost impossible that you could be practicing alone. So we can just use a bit of our imagination and just remember, Many of the people I've just practiced with on this retreat might well be practicing right now, yeah? But also what's really true is there's someone, maybe not even very far away, but maybe possibly in a Himalayan cave or whatever, radiating meta at me right now, even. And I'm thinking, oh, it's so hard to practice on your own. And I just tune into that and think, yeah, okay. There is somebody somewhere doing this practice, possibly in a really helpful way. Okay, I think. Okay. Just that? Okay. Yeah, okay. So I mentioned yesterday uh, the possibility of converting some of our um, practices into meditation. Sorry, some of our activities into meditation. Tooth brushing, how I wash up, how I look after this body. You know, explore that. See if that works for you. 
might be really nice to kind of see those possibilities. And expanding our definition of what meditation is may be one of the more important things that we can do in the way that we live our lives. Seeing how this can become a really alive uh, activity in our existence might be a really beautiful way. How we can view a conversation with a friend as a meditation, meaning it has intentions, meaning it has a cultivation of something. It's not just random. It's really building something and appreciating that quality of friendship that builds up there in our sensitivity, in the way we are. And we also offer some retreats and events that really want to kind of bring those qualities together. I want to see if we can bring meditation into different areas of our life. And there's actually one that you can easily join uh, the beginning of July. July the 9th will be a retreat day called Sacred Places. And it's actually going to happen wherever you are, if you choose to participate in it. Okay? What it is, is... We'll join together, we'll have an opening session, we'll share some intentions, we'll have a meditation. And then we will go out into our area, into the location around us. And we'll spend some time picking up rubbish. Like clearing up on behalf of uh, human nature that's made a bit of a mess. For the benefit of all of nature, we'll kind of clear up the area a little bit. And this is a really lovely activity to do. So lovely, I can't fully describe how joyful it is to actually pick up rubbish. Especially considering how unpleasant it might seem at this point. But in a word, if you imagine, and you've all, we've all done it, you know, I'm too busy to pick up that piece of rubbish. Or that's not my rubbish, I didn't drop it. You know, those two views actually fabricate a sense of rush, which is dukkha, and a sense of a small sense of self. Yeah. If we stop and we pick up rubbish, we're actually saying, I care. I take responsibility. I don't mind who dropped it, but I'm going to pick it up. So, you know, the birds, the hedgehogs, the squirrels are not disturbed by this. And I'm going to put it somewhere safe. And that opens out that sense of self. It opens out that sense of freedom. And in that way, litter picking becomes incredibly joyful so that we actually have among us a few people who are members of Litter Picking Anonymous, uh, a group that just have to admit we've become a little bit addicted to the freedom that we taste when we pick up rubbish. And so you're really invited to join with us. There'll be meditations, there'll be community, there'll be positive action. And there are other things that we can um, do in that regard. So don't worry too much about the time, we'll just run over a little bit. Um, the last thing to say is we'd love to be in contact, we'd love to hear from you again. We've put up um, a, a list of some places where you can find out more about these kind of retreats and events and we'd love to hear about your practice. But also the resources, the printouts, all of that is freely available on the website that we run called dependentorigination.org and that's... And that's written up on the website. Uh, it's written up on the notice board, the website link, and you'll be able to find it. It's, it's under resources. Yeah. These talks have been recorded and they'll be uploaded. You can access them again if anything from here has been helpful. And yeah, I just want to finally kind of just say in this part, really appreciate 
your presence here. Really appreciate the generosity of your listening, your sensitivity, and yeah, it's been a real joy to be together. So we'll just share a little bit some uh, points from Naroda, what Naroda has to, to share, to offer. And do you want to give your chair? And, and then we're going to have a tea break with some talking in it where we can again practice our listening, practice our sensitivity, practice our speaking. Yeah. Maybe, and, okay. maybe just, just to say with the tea break, the tea is going to be indoors, but just to remember to bring it out with you before you take your mask off and engage in talking. Um, just to really kind of just have a mindful awareness of that. Um, so that the, the, the talking is done outside and that's where the masks come off. So I'll hand over to Toy then. Are you happy to come here and then we can record it for the ones that aren't around? You just take as long as you need, yeah? Um, do you want to just tuck that maybe inside your shirt? Just so that, uh, yeah, so that the mic comes outside. Does that make sense? Yeah, like that. Okay. That's great. Okay, so as mentioned, there are a lot of different ways that you can participate in the Nirodha Sangha. Uh, we have uh, local groups in different cities like uh, Joensuu, Jyväskylä, Turku, Tampere, Helsinki. And uh, you can find uh, more information about it um, in, the, in our website, nirodha.fi. And, um, and there are also like the calendars where you can find the monthly and weekly meditations and, and Dharma nights. For example, I think there is uh, on Tuesday uh, in Hakaniemi, Helsinki, there is this Dharma evening. I don't know if it's in summertime, but at least usually and, um, all, all around the year. And, um, <clears throat> and also you can become a founder of a Dharma group and the Dharma group can be about any subject, for example, climate activism or, or uh, running or reading group or anything and uh, just uh, ask people to join with you and, and practice together. Um, and there are also uh, instructions to uh, create a Dharma group on the, on the website. And uh, we will put this, um, all of these like website and mailing list and Facebook information on the notice board so you can find it there and, and with your mobile phone <laughs> to put it uh, safe with you. <clears throat> so Nirodha is a non-governmental organization, which, which means that we have a board and um, we have also here uh, one or two board members. Do you want to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, I, I just joined the board, so I don't really know that much about it, but I think you're there as so. well. Vara <laughs> yeah. member. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Yeah. So so every spring the new board is uh, selected and, and anyone can come to the uh, spring meetings and, and become a member of board uh, and um, decide all, all about these uh, retreats and, and go organizing and do maybe some technical things or um, communications or 
Um, there are many things to do, and you don't have to be a member of board. You can do small tasks for for um, Nirodha, and um, anything is really appreciated. Uh, also, also like this uh, retreat man managing, uh, you can uh, come to us managers after after these um, uh, programs and and um, join us if you want to uh, be a manager of a retreat some someday in the future. Um, <clears throat> if you're interested. So, and all, all that Nirodha is doing is based, based on Dana and um, all these activities are, are like based on, on volunteer working and um, it's, it's all possible because so many yogis um, during the, I think thousands of years and very, very, very old tradition they have uh, considered Dharma to be so precious that they want to provide it also to other other uh, people unconditionally. So, so it's a really valuable tradition to cherish. Uh, it, it allows us to arrange all of this and makes this tradition really special because it's held, held up. Uh, it's all about this like heart's will to provide and share something really valuable and beautiful. So, so it's a it's a really special thing to be able to be part part of something like this. Um, yeah, Nirodha is um, expanding all the time, and and uh, it's really like. Um, and there are very many good places to give give your resources if you have time or some skills or or other resources uh, that you would like to offer. So so um, just. Just ask as managers and also you will receive an email letter after the retreat where um, you can sign this form uh, and, and uh, offer there what kind of um, things you would like to provide to this Sangha. Um, yeah, so, so there you can put it more specifically and, and with, con with more consideration. But if you are already like really excited, you can come to us and, and uh, just spread it out uh, yeah. after, after the program. Yeah. Um, are there some uh, questions arising right now about this Sangha or do you want to share share your experiences. I, I'm not sure how many of you are like uh, experienced members of Sangha. Yeah, hey, um, I've been doing the evening meditation uh, online mm. and since in Germany like the Finnish, especially the Finnish Sangha is a little bit hard to reach so I, I found it really valuable. The guidance is, is really nice, and I think there's quite a few people, so maybe even more would be fitting into the Zoom window. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, can, I can recommend that. Nice. I think it's every Wednesday, uh, 6 p.m. or 7 p.m. or 5 p.m. Yes, 6 p.m. actually, yeah. Yes, yeah, Finnish time, 6 p.m., yeah. And it's uh, once a month in English, I think, and, or is it like, uh, it's separate, the English one? I, I think it's uh, Tuesday, Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there are there is a lot of info like from all of these like programs that I'm not, not going to like uh, list list uh, he here, but it's really really good to know that there there are a lot of different um, opportunities, and um, and even if you're living like anywhere in the world, you can still um, offer your skills. It's it's uh, possible to help Nirodha uh, also remotely, so you don't have to live in Helsinki and, and be able to come to meetings or something like that if you if you are like, well, willi willing to join. So so it's it's a, also a really nice thing that you can live in Alaska and still still be a part of Finnish, Finnish um, uh, Nirodha Sangha. Uh, any other questions? Only. Okay. Question is, apart from the tea session that we're having afterwards, is there any time when people can share of their experience here? Yeah, it's coming up after the tea session. Do you mean like we're going to have a group session together where everyone can, anyone who wishes to, can speak to the group? Right. Like collectively? Nice. Yeah. I might have missed that. Sure. Then, secondly, if somebody would like to extra session. Um, I'm going to be in Helsinki. I can kind of facilitate um, a container for that, called space, if somebody wants to share about their experience. I've got to throw it out there. I'll put my info on the notice board. Um, just send me your availability. If you want to come in person, that's cool. We can sit in the park. Um, if, if not, we can do Zoom. We can do Zoom also anyway, so as many people I find something very special with not huge group setting, but a, a sort of defined number of people. Then you can kind of share your heart. Just to me. So yeah, so that's ringing a bell. Then I'll put my info on that. Thank you, Olli. And uh, I will put a um, paper there so all of you can uh, share your contact information if you wish. You don't have to, but. It's a possibility to be able to reconnect after after this retreat. Any other questions or or thoughts? So um, after this speech is over, um, uh, we are going to offer 15 minutes, or I don't know if it's going to be. Uh, um, until 12, okay. So it's a um, um, tea break, but it's also a pass, uh, l your last chance to offer the the dana if yeah. you if you didn't uh, have time or or some some other resource uh, in in morning time. So the dana offering will be in the ex meditation hall there, the windows inside, and Suvi will be there to guide you with the with the dana. Um, do you have questions about Dana right now? Or the break? So would it be best if 
people still need to do done and maybe they go straight there yes and we can maybe see how many there are and then if, yes if, you know, if we need more space and whatever yeah. but yeah then Subi can be finished sooner yeah yeah so okay. so uh, if you know that you are going to uh, you want to uh, offer Dana uh, during this break then you can go now to the meditation hall even if you don't have your resources with you uh, you can go to the meditation hall and just uh, well tell that you want want to uh, share it so uh, and then then you can leave leave to get your resources and and uh, and be back in the hall later but it's it would be good because after that we are counting counting the the dana so mm. so uh, yeah that's just the last chance okay anything else arising okay i think that's that's that and uh yeah if something comes comes to mind you can reach us and we'll respond somehow thank you thank you thank you for listening to learn how you can support the teachers and dharma seed please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate